you're listening to In Addition with your adequately perfect host, Stephanie Crignola and Emily Swan. What is up, Trash Pandas? Welcome back to In Addition. We are so happy to be here. Even though I cannot wrap my brain around the fact that it is May, it is the first Monday in May, and we are here at twitch.tv slash almostdailypod. Super, super excited. Also super excited because in... I think retribution, maybe in equality. <laughs> uh, ADD stole our topic, so we're stealing their host. Uh, so welcome, Mike Ellison. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited uh, to be on this side of the like screen. Uh, from normally being in chat to hanging out like on the show feels so cool. Like uh, it's it's weird because like you're both friends of mine, but I I feel like a little starstruck right now to be on the show. Uh, like I can look at Steph right now, uh, but looking at y'all in the monitor, like it feels like oh my god, I'm on their show. Like it's so exciting. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but Heck thank yeah. you for having me. Awesome. I'm excited. So this this whole thing, obviously, I joke. I, I'm super excited that both ADD and In Addition got to talk about karaoke. But what came out of it was a topic that Charles had brought to ADD, where he was talking about how you manage uh personal relationships at work, professional relationships at work, and how much of that you take personally. Uh, forever will also be a catchphrase of the ADD world in get hard. Get so, hard. Exactly. So tonight, folks in chat, we're getting hard. So what I want to know. <laughs> Get a horn. I love it. Is it's not personal, it's business. So I will start. This has been an issue for me in my entire professional life. Dare I say, possibly even before that, I was in the working world. Um, I take everything real personal. I don't want to, I don't mean to, but it's it's there. I'm sure that my astrological chart says that and any of the other identifiers of how you describe me, it's all there. Oh yeah. But this is an issue and this comes from a lot of the time spent in my professional life working in small business. And an unfortunate side effect to small business is there's rarely enough staff. And that often means that one person might wear a lot of hats and with that, it then means that you are taking on a lot more than is in your job description. And then when people let you down or fail, it can be that much more heartbreaking. It can be that much more frustrating. But also, there's no one else to pass things off to. So if you've got a customer yelling at you or a sales rep yelling at you, which I have had many times, both of them, there's no one else to run it up the chain to because you're the person. So... Mike, you touched on it. I'm going to throw it to you um, and see your history in professional working and what you have found with that part of it. Yeah. So uh, the context, I think, is really important. And it's not something that we got to dig into a lot on the show, right? Like I I started working uh, doing construction work for uh, like for my mom's boyfriend's construction company at the time. And so like it was personal, right? Uh, the things that he would be mad at me for uh, as my boss sometimes had nothing to do with the work that I was doing on the job site, right? And then vice versa, right? Like some of the things that we would talk about on the way home or at home had nothing to do with home stuff, right? And it was about work and 
so like finding that balance was impossible. Uh, it just didn't happen. Um, and so that was my first job ever. And then my next job, I was working construction again, uh, this time with a stranger. Uh, and this boss that I had was like, you know, he, he was looking for people. Uh, he was working, looking for subcontractors, right. Who were willing to do whatever was needed around the, around the job site. And like, I needed a job and I didn't want to work with my mom's boyfriend anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah. because surprise it sucks. Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> and one of the things that I learned, Oh God. I had food in my teeth. Nobody was going to tell me anything. I didn't wow. notice. I'm sorry. I also didn't I notice. Did. I'm uh, sorry. It's gone now. But <laughs> I think uh, we're all doing the thing that you do on Zoom, which is look at your own screen instead of actually looking at the <laughs> other people on your camera. Oh, I was checking in every once in a while, and then I like smiled big, and I saw it. And I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> oh, okay, Bean. That makes sense. Uh, good, good, good. And Tigress, that makes sense too. Uh, you would. Uh, anyway, so like at that job, that was my first time like learning that like, oh, a professional relationship and a familial relationship is very different, right? Uh, and so that was like, even though there were four of us on the job site and like you were saying, Swan, like if one person didn't carry their weight, like it affected the other three of us massively, right? Uh, and in the moment that was really tough for the rest of us. Uh, and what that, like, what that situation taught us was that like, we needed to be super clear with the expectations. Right. Uh, and I think that's, that's maybe the message of this get hoard video that Charles like <laughs> made us have to watch, right? Like the homework that he gave us. Yeah. Such a dad um, move. It was such a dad move. Like, here, here's some extra credit for you to to right. do before for showtime. But then, like, as as I started moving forward in my career, the thing that I noticed is that like the the bosses never gave me the same uh, like space that we were supposed to give them uh, or like the same considerations. And so my thought on that was like, well, if if I'm not getting it, I shouldn't be giving it. Um, OK. And... Excuse me while I write some notes down on my. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I distinctly remember like my first my first like uh working for a company job was at pizza hut right so like not even like a real company like a you know it's a restaurant it's working in the service industry uh and like you hang out with your coworkers all the time because you're all in the same space right you're all in the same like it, i i say this i say this recognizing that they're not the same but uh, when you work service jobs or you work in retail, there is a mentality that you're like in the trenches together with those people, right? Like there's a mentality that you are at war with your customers every day uh, and the people around you are your brothers and sisters in arms, right? Yep. 
And that relationship can be really tough to like navigate what's personal and what's professional. And like, I, we lost so, God, <laughs> we lost so many good men at Pizza Hut. But no, like, we lost so many good workers who just like couldn't deal with it anymore because the company doesn't give you what you need to like get through it, right? Uh, yeah. I worked there. I was doing, you know, 30 plus hours a week at 16 uh, to like help out at home. And after my first year, they tried to give me a quarter raise uh, instead of like anywhere near what like I had been, you know, m making for them. Yeah. Uh, cause like I was constantly staying late. I was constantly filling shifts. Like I was doing all the things that you're supposed to do to like get paid more. Right. And so like bread says in the chat, have you ever felt guilty leaving a job? Yeah. Like that job, especially like, uh, I looked at, you know, I looked at my friends and I was like, guys, I can't do this if I'm only ever going to make, you know, at the time it was 725 an hour. Like I can't we're old. <laughs> right. That was like, minimum wage. Uh oh. terrifyingly, that's still minimum wage in a lot of places. Yeah. Uh but like, that's a topic for another time. <laughs> right, yeah. We'll yeah. get into uh, that. But so I was working, I was making seven dollars an hour. I got bumped up to a quarter uh more, and then I gave uh my two weeks notice uh two weeks later when I said I, I walked in and I said, so uh, we're going to talk about this because either I make $8 an hour or I have to quit. Uh, and they were like, okay, uh, so is this your two weeks or are you just going to like, or do I like, do I take you off the schedule the rest of the week? And I was like, no, I'll do my two weeks. You know, that's only fair to my, to my compatriots, right? Like, <laughs> My and brothers. Then next, right. <laughs> and then the next week I wasn't on the schedule. Oh my God. <laughs> oh so God. Like, that, that's the shit I'm talking about, right? Like those are the those are the things that like the company will do because they like they don't care about you. And like, you know, we were a franchise. Like we weren't Domino or we weren't Pizza Hut corporate. Like we were, we were a franchisee. I knew the owner. Uh, the owner had like four stores total or whatever. And so like we would go to different stores to work wherever we needed to be. It was different, you know, like, but still, still shit. Uh, <laughs> and yep. so, yeah, like I just, I got burned so many times from it that like I decided, okay, I can have a personal relationship with everybody that I work with. And I can have a professional relationship with everyone I work with. And the people who I really like, I'm going to stay in touch with personally after I leave or after they leave. And I will hold them to the same professional standards that I hold everybody else to. Uh, and like I had to draw that big line uh, over the two, like the two things, right? Because otherwise I was just going to keep getting like sucker punched in the, like in my little emo guts. <laughs> and like, I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to not feel personally hurt when Danny took the, like took a shift off that we were supposed to work together. Like who was I going to, who was going to sing the middle parts to the in sync songs when they came <laughs> on the radio? 
while I was doing the terrible falsetto, like who was going to back that, you know, like, and then I realized that he wasn't skipping in sync radio practice. He was skipping <laughs> fucking awful hell pizza. Hut, right. So I think this is, I think this is interesting though, because I, I think that there's a separation between having a personal relationship with somebody um, outside of work and taking things personally. Like, I think that's, I think, you don't have to have a personal relationship outside of work with somebody um, to still take things personally. And like, I know that I'm coming at this from like a really different work experience because I've never done anything besides teach or tutor. Uh, I guess I worked at Starbucks for a month, so I have done. I, yeah, I worked at a skate shop too. So like pure, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I've I got say, no, you have service and food service. <laughs> like, but I love, I loved working at Starbucks. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> I really genuinely did. I would um, die. My, I would drink too much coffee and my heart would explode. Like I don't drink I, coffee. So oh, yeah, see, that's the way to do it. That <laughs> you need to not be a caffeine addict and then it's a great job. Exactly. <laughs> but coming from teaching, I have to have a in the building personal relationship with every single one of my students. Like I have to spend the time getting to know them. And so like, that's why I wanted to cycle back to what you said about um, expecting the same considerations from your boss that you were giving to them. And I don't think that's something that is because I have a million considerations for the 150 students that I have every year, like their well-being is the top of my priority. And I don't get that. Yeah. That's from students administration from anyone and so and still when kids do things that are shitty like i don't know how to not take it personally because i've invested all of this time and energy into taking care of them emotionally as well as academically so i think and swan tell me if you feel the same way as me but i think that in teaching you kind of like you have to look at your students as your customers and not your coworkers. Right. Cause like, uh, I'll give you, I'll give you a yes. And, um, with the students. Yes. And to that point, their parents are 100% the customers. That's, yeah. that was a big distinction for me because also it took me a while because I wasn't ever a full-time teacher. I was always part-time. I was always specialty teaching. So I would have like a seven week block of class and then take a break or do something like that. And so there was the relationship and the connection I was having with the students for those one hour week sessions. That was awesome. And we had a good thing, but the downside to that and the part where I would switch into would say customer service mode is when their parents would come back and say, why don't I see a difference in my child's art? And I said, because I saw them once a week for an hour for seven weeks and, you know, not even going to go into how I'm teaching them techniques and we're learning how to talk about art and all the stuff that actually happened in that hour. They're not going to, you're not going to see that much of a noticeable improvement in seven hours worth of class. Like it's there, but it might be hard for you to see. So that was the part, like also, you know, when it comes to talking to the administration about filling my classes or what I want to set my class load at, like, how many students can I take or how low do we open it? And like that part of it. So, so yes and no, the students themselves, I don't think I'll ever not be able to have a personal connection with because 
again, because of the specialty aspect of it, but also just because that's one where I'm like, nope, I remember how much connecting with teachers meant to me. And I don't think I'll ever not be able to be that person. But when it comes to their parents and my actual administrative staff there, that's a that's a much more hard line conversation than it is with the students. Well, and I don't I don't mean to say that you shouldn't form a relationship with your customers. Right. <laughs> I think honestly, I think the best businesses in the world do that and do it really well and make their customers feel fucking great. Otherwise, like they're a number or whatever, whatever, like, you know, I, I want to, I want a business that treats me like family, you know, like <laughs> is a real thing. And the art of being a good, like a good employee of a business is making a customer feel that way while also yeah. not taking it personally when they're like, Oh, uh, you know, I went to this other place cause they have a lower price this week. But so I'm, I'm fairly decent at that with parents. <laughs> Like, I would say I can do that customer thing with parents. I can make them feel valued and good and whatever. Um, and not take it personally when I have a parent in a meeting say, yeah, you know, my kid doesn't do any of his work in English because he doesn't like it. And like, <laughs> I get that because I hated English too. <laughs> or like, can you explain to my son why he needs to take English? Because I have no answer for him. Which are things that, you know, I have been uh, told this year and like, I can answer those questions because like, I absolutely believe that what I do is important and beneficial. And I don't take that personally because I know that that's just a shitty take, you know? So like I, for a customer standpoint, because the parents are people that I see fairly regularly, but not for 90 minutes every day for 10 months. So like for students, it's a weird middle ground. Um, because it's every day for 90 minutes for 10 months. So I feel like there's a nebulous, not coworker, not customer for students. And I know like, yeah, it's its own thing altogether, but like, I just don't know how to, and to not like take it personally. And I don't know how to separate that element of it because I care so much and because I'm pouring everything into them and giving them so much consideration. So when I've like done these hundred things and I get an email that says, you don't explain anything, I have to be like, okay, take a step back. First of all, the information is in four different places in four different, you know, accessible ways. I've said it every day for a month. It's been on a calendar every day for a month. Like I am explaining it. I am doing my job. 99 students understood it perfectly. Yeah. This is the outlier. But like, it still makes me feel terrible. Yeah, I don't I don't have a solution for that. Uh, but that middle ground person, by the way, and like in my line of work is called the stakeholder. Uh, they are someone oh, in sure. the system who is dependent on your work for the outcome of their work. Right. Uh and so they're someone who is depending on you to do your job really well so that they can do their job well. Um, and really, like, I don't understand uh, the education system's structure. Uh, so, like, I don't, I don't <laughs> like, I got businesses, like, typically make sense to me because, like, oh, my manager is my boss, right? Uh, but, like, someone else's manager is a stakeholder in my project. Uh, that makes sense to me, right? Um, but, like, 
Steph's boss has no bearing on what Steph does and also uh, is not a stakeholder to anything but the student. Like, I can't draw it out. You know what I mean? Like, I can't I can't make an org chart work for me. And well, so I, I think that know. was that was something that was really cool. And again, I, I was super excited about this, but also because I've got the similarities with Steph coming from education, but I've also got not only working in the trenches in retail, one of my current jobs, but also working in a slightly corporate structure. And while I was in a small business, we were still beholden to a large company. We were an independent contractor who dealt with a large company that had a very specific hierarchy and had a very specific structure. And something that you said was a big part of it. And honestly, when I made the decision to leave that full-time job, it wasn't because of the couple of the coworkers that I really liked or the sales reps that I actually really liked working with, or even the parts of the art of the job that I actually enjoyed. It was the, I cannot physically do this anymore because the stress of all of this is killing me. Like, and so that was leaving that part of it. I was like, no, it, it broke my heart to leave the people that I cared about yeah. because they were good coworkers. They were good friends, like that part of it. But it was also the, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And, and it's laughable now because I'm going back and helping just a little bit, but it's been like, it's been brought up. Like, do you want to come back? And I'm like, no, I don't though. Mm-hmm. Like right. I, I like coming in. I like doing art. I don't want to be back here full time because there are still, we'll say hierarchical, hierarchical, maybe hierarchy issues um, in the management stuff. Like even though things have changed, things haven't changed and I'm not like fool me once, you know, but not going back to that. So that's my little bit of learning, but it was, like you said, it was a lot of learning through that getting burned at that job where I was like, I, I emotionally cannot do this anymore. (laughs) And Swan, like Steph will tell you, uh, of the people that go to happy hours, I am consistently at happy hours. Like <laughs> I have so many good friends at work. Like, uh, and I use finger quotes like crazy because they are friends at work. They are people at work that I get along with at work in a work situation, right? Uh, who I love to see outside of work uh, when I see them. I am not texting them about my like my life. Uh, we are talking about you know the things that we do and the way that we're going to do them and you know the barest surfacest level of like what's going on in our lives. Uh, they're all super fun. I love it. Uh, when we go to the holiday party, I like I gather a crowd and like we like move as a unit and like we like. <laughs> are constantly gathering more and more people like until we're like a Katamari Damasi of dancing and drinking. Like we, (laughs) we just, I don't know how, like how to describe that. Right. Like, no, it uh, makes total sense though. Like you have a, you have a professional relationship and you are friendly at work, but at the end of the day, you have your own life. (laughs) Yeah. Because like, in the conversation with Charles, I was worried that I came across like a dickhead who like goes to work and busts his ass and like doesn't take no shit and like leaves. But that couldn't be further from who I am at work. Like I am 
the word that people use to describe me all the time is warm and inviting. Like I, I like foster communication and like support and like people, people are constantly telling me how, like how much they help me like, or how much I help them or whatever. Right. Like, uh, but once I leave the building, if I'm not going to happy hour with you, like, we're we're done for today. I'll see you, <laughs> I'll see you Monday. Yeah. yeah, like no, and I I I don't think you came across as as an asshole at all. In that I think, and it was again, it was fascinating for me because I've been a manager in Charles' position, and I've been Same. at a point where I'm just like, I needed you to be different, not you, Mike, but the person. Like I needed you to God, not story do of my life this one. <laughs> <laughs> like. And so I understood his frustration. And I think that was the big part of it because as someone who works in a different profession than you, but also has been working for a little bit longer in his life, these are still things that you're dealing with. And even though you are approaching it differently, it was one of those that there was sense behind the the closing off of certain parts of you when it comes to work because Again, you know, and it's the again, we're tipping tiptoeing up to the get hard, but it's the (laughs) I'm not just being an asshole. I am being protective of myself for not only the benefit of myself, but the benefit of the company, because, again, you know, I look back at my past job. I let myself get to the foregone place. I couldn't come back because I didn't set up boundaries too soft swan too soft. You're too soft. I'm, I'm squishy inside outside <laughs> all over i am a marshmallow so yeah so i i that was my takeaway of of getting hard <laughs> which will never not it's, be fun to say and it's just it's tough right because uh try as i might uh i'm in the same honestly i'm in the same position right like i i've worked in my current company for eight years now uh I have gotten the short end of the stick more often than I like to admit uh, because they know that like I love working here and I love the job that I do and I love the industry that I'm in and I love the people that I work with. And it is a foregone conclusion to the people that I work for that I will always be here, right? And so this past probably three months or so has been a lot of like, all right, uh, this is enough. This is too much. And it's time to start untangling that those feelings and it's time to start moving on um, and figuring out how that works uh, currently uh, in 2021, as well as uh, where I'm at in my career now. Right. Cause I know, I know I could go right into uh, where I had been uh, before my latest job, right? Yeah. Uh, but the current role that I have, like as you, as I, as I've progressed through my career, like it becomes harder and harder to define what I do in a resume, so much yeah. as how I do it and the like, the elements that I bring to a company in general. Uh, it gets a lot more vague and like strategic, uh, and a lot less like I hit my numbers all the time and I deliver value in this clear <laughs> way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But it's the, and the, the thing, 
that I was thinking when you were saying that is, is the reliability. And it was the, right. you know, you could look around our little office and you could see who had the most work. And that was still the person that a lot of people came to because they got it done. And, and like that, again, it's that balance where like, I like being rewarded for my work. I like being recognized as being a hard worker, but there's that very, very like tentative line where then it becomes, but oh, we'll I'm always being... give it to you. That's right. Like, oh, well, you'll just work more, right? And I was like, I'm at 14 hours. I don't think I can. I don't think <laughs> I can work anymore. <laughs> My brain isn't working. But I think that uh, what Groove is for Life says is really important too, is that, um, yeah. so he says, I've had to shut down and become less personable due to toxic coworkers and toxic work environments. And I think that, honestly, like, I think one of the reasons that like having this conversation on the show is really good is because it just is someone saying it out loud um, and that's, there's no, we're not solving any problems here. Like we're not, there's, I, I we're not going to fix tonight that I'm going to take everything personally because I'm just going to, there is no <laughs> fix for it. Um, but it is a great reminder to hear it said out loud, um, that creating those boundaries and starting work in those boundaries. And that's something that as a teacher, I think I started teaching when I was 22, uh, and my oldest student was 21. So like people call Mike warm and approachable at work. Like if there is any opposite word for me at work, <laughs> that's what I am. And that's what I've been for a decade because of when I started. And so like I, when I start a class, I am just, this is like, I will make you feel welcome, but you will like, we're not hugging. I will never hug my <laughs> students. I just, I won't like, that's a, that's my line. And so like, I've always had that really hard uh, this horde. is, yeah, there's really horde <laughs> line, um, that I'm not friendly. I am, I am kind, but I'm not friendly. Like that's the balance that I have to strike so that I don't in the middle of the year have to like do a refresh and like, well, I'm a bitch now. Yeah. Sorry. Cause like, so here's, here's the thing, uh, with all of that from Steph, like I'm sure she feels like that. Uh, I am also a hundred percent positive that her students fucking love her and are constantly being like, you're my favorite teacher. Uh, I can I eat lunch in your class? And she goes, no, absolutely not. No one can never talk to me. And then uh, she has students who are literally like, so when we go to your wedding, uh, is it all right if I wear this? <laughs> I have a kid who comes in my room every day, like with a countdown to our wedding. I'm like, if you can find it. Um, but like, that's the thing is that I don't think like there are, I think that that's true. I think what Mike said is true and what I said is true yeah. because there are teachers who are like, come eat lunch in my room every day. Um, I want to be your friend. And like, that doesn't make you an effective teacher. Like that's not good teaching. You're not creating good boundaries. It's not healthy. I don't want you in my room every morning before school. Like if you have, if there's something that's going on in your life that makes you feel like you need to go to a teacher's room every morning before school, I want to solve that problem. Yeah. I want to find avenues for you to have a healthy relationship with your peers and activities and, you know, whatever that means. But like, I don't need you in my room every morning. I will not let you in my room for lunch because that's time for me. So like that, I guess, like I do make those boundaries pretty hard. And I have kids whose 
that I'm their favorite teacher because I think that compassionate and kind is different than being their friend. Like as a yes. teacher. Yes. No, I think, again, I think that being able to separate and also it sounds very weird. Again, like Mike, you were saying that coming off as an asshole, but for me, it was the realizing that I needed to be more selfish. And like you said, Steph, nope, I can't have you eat lunch with me because I need 30 minutes. I need yeah, 30 minutes. I have to 30 just... minutes in my day. Like I do not need you in it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I just, I need this to, again, it's to protect me. And, and I realized that I had not been protecting myself in those parts of it. And so, so again, in the getting hard, it is, it is more like putting my armor on before I go into the situations rather than being dismissive of the kids. And, and, you know, again, it's, if there are issues like that, being accessible is different than being their friend. And, and I think that's a huge part of it. Uh, also, thank you, everyone in chat. There was so yes. much happening. Yes. And this was just awesome. And we couldn't even highlight all of it. So definitely, if you're listening to this on the pod, come and join us on twitch.tv slash almostdailypod and, and join this amazing chat that's going on. And and like you said, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that we talked about it. I'm so happy that we got to bring it up and and kind of come at it because I think, again, with the nature of working and adult life, especially in the world we are in now, it can feel incredibly isolating. And you can feel bad for not being the worker you're supposed to be or the teammate you're supposed to be or any of that. And so I think being able to openly talk about it is a huge, huge thing. Also to be real sad about where the minimum wage is. But like I said, we'll we'll talk about it again. But something I want to show love to, and it, it works out well with what Steph was talking about. Um, I want to show some love to career development counselors. Uh, so I had the opportunity recently, I was reached out, contacted by a career development counselor uh, who had a couple of students who are interested in pursuing art. And she went through everything. She set up a Zoom chat with me to let these high school students talk to me about what it means to be a working professional artist. Um, I think I came off as a lunatic because I am and I drank too much <laughs> coffee before both of the Zoom things. So I talked at these kids a lot. <laughs> But <laughs> both of them sent me lovely emails at the end of the day. And one of them said, she's like, oh, no, like she actually thinks that it's possible to be a working artist. I'm like, well, good. That's that's a happy takeaway. But to have someone in high school who's already recognizing things in students. And again, this goes right along with the topic, having that support staff. So it's not just one teacher inspiring all the students, but it is the counselors and the guidance counselors and those people who are reaching out and seeing that spark in students and connecting them with people to, to show them what working could be and how it doesn't have to be a certain way. Uh, so I'm really, really grateful for that question, Mike. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just also wanted to shout out to career development counselors for grown ass adults. Uh, yes. y'all, if you are in a situation where you don't know what to do, Get yourself some career development counseling. Uh, it's a full-time ass job for people. Uh, they, they're they everywhere. Uh, and they can tell you, hey, your skills that are this, this, and this would be really good for this, this, and this. Uh, if you choose to listen or not is entirely up to you. Uh, or if you choose to go get Doritos and paint your face like a, like the, <laughs> the Joker, baby, then that's uh, also on you. Um, but... <clears throat> That's all. <laughs>
Oh, no, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. Also, if you've listened to us in this and you think that you might be ready to look for a new job, also another good reason to to reach out to some people and and yeah, maybe leave that toxic place and and set up new new boundaries. But big thanks. Thank you to Future X Skeleton for joining in addition and getting hard with us. We are so happy to have you. Uh, if you want to see more of Mike, definitely tune in every Wednesday night on this same channel, twitch.tv slash almost daily pod for the the brother podcast, the almost daily discourse with Mike. <laughs> if you want to find more of us, we are first and third Mondays on this channel. If you want to find more of me, I am at a swan named Emily across the internet. I've got Doodle Crew. I've got my own personal stream. I've got Sketching Shakespeare with Steph, which is rad, and I love it. Uh, she's my favorite Shakespeare teacher by far. Uh, the only only time I've really understood it, which makes me very happy. Um, but we're so, we're so happy to have you. And yeah, uh, <laughs> we are not career advice people, but hey, if you want to <laughs> chat with us about careers, we've, uh, we've got an email and you can send us an email in addition pod at gmail.com. So thank you, pandas. We'll see you later. Bye.